Welcome to Beyond Parent, the podcast for Christians seeking clarity for parenting in a confusing world. I'm Jeremy Autry. And I'm Chuck Mead. And Jeremy and I are going to continue our discussion that we picked up or started last week on how to talk to your kids, how to walk them through, navigating through them, um, deconstructing or disentangling their faith. And there's a lot of questions um, our kids may ask us, but we really want to start with a a basic one. That happens with a lot of parents, um, especially whether, and this isn't just something parents may face with their adult children, but it could be at any point when kids doubt the existence of God. If your kid was coming to you and saying, hey, I'm, I'm deconstructing my faith if they're hip and that's a, a word that they wanted to use or if they just said, hey, I doubt, I'm having doubts or I'm confused or I don't know if I believe what I told you I believed when I was younger or I don't know if I agree with, with you anymore, whatever, uh, there's great value in digging into that. And I think the the baseline, like the, hey, we need to get on the same page with this, would be, does God exist? Yeah. Um, I don't think it's as popular now, Chuck, as it was 15 years ago for uh, for people to say they were an atheist. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there was a time, maybe now it's more popular to say I'm deconstructing my faith. Yeah. But there was a time that people just said, hey, I'm an atheist, and I'm like, I don't even know if you know what that term means. Right. <laughs> so uh, if, your, if your child, regardless of their age, showed up and they were saying, hey, I'm just, I'm struggling, this is where we begin. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you believe that there's a God? Yeah, and even when I'm having gospel conversations with people, um, this is really where we start with because you can't, no matter how you may have been trained to share the gospel, it has to begin with, okay, do you believe there's a God? Because we can't go into what the Bible says. We can't begin to explain certain things that Christians believe or life uh, ways we uh, glorify God and obey his word if they don't believe God exists. So we have to start there. We have to begin here before we get into, so if your kids are, even if they're bringing up um, things like, I don't know if if I can, if I believe this about Christianity, I think no matter what, we've got to start with, okay, do you believe that there is a God? Just kind of on the front end of this, this is good conversation for you to have with your kids before this is an issue, Mm -hmm. before they are older and wrestling with and possibly deconstructing their faith, uh, address this now. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead of your your children just believing that there's a God because you told them there's a God, um, help them think through the logic of why there must be a creator. Yeah. And that may freak us out <clears throat> as parents, especially if you don't feel um, capable or qualified to give an answer uh, for the existence of God. Sometimes we we want to be quick to point them to resources. And there's a lot of great resources, apologetics um, resources, which is just helping us understand why we believe what we believe. I think one of the go-tos people turn to is Lee Strobel's work, um, The Case for Christ, and he has written books for teens, kids, all about how we can really just be assured in our belief that there is a God, there is a um, a Savior in Jesus Christ, and taking it from that perspective. But this, this is a good reminder for us as parents, we need to be 
students of apologetics. We need to be ready to give an answer for what we believe, not just to non-Christians we may work with, but to our own kids who are going to be asking us questions. And there's, there's great value in training your kid how to apply their critical thinking to the realm of religion. Yes. You know, because um, they're going to. <laughs> they're going to do that at some point um, if, they, if they are critical thinkers at all. And if your kid's not a critical thinker, you, um, part of your goal should be to train them in that anyway. Um, but you want to be on their team as they are critically thinking about religion instead of them seeing you as the enemy. Yes. You want to be part of this. You want to, to have a voice and you want to walk with them through this regardless of their age. So maybe on the front of this, we also need to say there's a great importance in you maintaining open dialogue, comfortable, friendly, caring honest, open dialogue with your kids about everything so that if they're questioning these things, you're the person or one of the people that they are comfortable talking about this with. And that goes from the moment they're able to carry on a conversation all the way through adulthood. Yeah, Um, You're their parent that whole time. And it's important that they're comfortable talking to you and you're comfortable talking to them and you're an ally in this logical, critical thinking through religion. I think some people can also think that it's, and I, I believe there's times I thought this growing up, it's disrespectful to ask questions. It's wrong to ask yeah. questions. I remember really thinking that and not necessarily something straight up from our my parents directly. I don't think they ever said that, but I think maybe in a lot of the culture, maybe that was just growing up in the 90s. It was um, in early 2000s. It was just shut up and say, take what I say is true. Yeah, I'm the adult. You're the kid. And just in educational settings and things like that, when we have to realize, like, it is good to ask questions. There's nothing wrong, and that should be encouraged. I'm, uh, I feel a piercing in my heart when you say that, because as a parent, I've struggled with this. I have wanted, and not just wanted, I have said, hey, I'm just teaching you. It's your job to learn. Don't debate everything that I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Some of the, and some of that's true, you know, some of that's just true, but ultimately... We need to be willing to talk through these things with our kids. And I found myself, uh, this is, I don't know why I'm confessing to you and the dozens of listeners that we have, but millions. Th- this uh, <laughs> this <laughs> happened um, recently. You know, uh, one of my kids was like, hey, you told me this and I want to talk through this. And I was like, no, this is the rule. And I just made this ruling, you're going to follow it. And I was like, I don't know. I, it wasn't that I didn't have time. It wasn't that I couldn't defend my thinking. I think it was a pride issue. You know, hey, I'm the dad, and I said this, and we've been through this before. And just drop it. And, and uh, this was my son, who is a great, logical, critical thinker, wanting to reason through this with me. And I was too busy, too proud, too stubborn. And uh, had to go back and apologize yeah. and try to do a better job at it. So it's very important that we're on their team instead of being their enemy. But that also means that sometimes here's the debate. 
and I'm telling you what I believe, and you're telling me why you the weaknesses you see in that argument, and there's some back and forth, and we have to be willing to be comfortable with that. Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously <clears throat> we we want to leave those that open door, but also as parents, Jeremy, being spirit led and understanding that that can be taken to the extreme, like. Right. Obviously, and I know my sinful heart as a high schooler, like I'm sure there are ways I would want to question just to um, question what was being told to me just to manipulate, to get them to do what I wanted to do. To wear them down. Yeah. And so I think we have to be, obviously, we have to, there is times when it can, and, and our kids need to know how to make an appeal or start a discussion without being disrespectful yeah. or abrasive. Um, and so I think there's some teaching that goes through, hey, you can ask these questions, but the way you're asking them is coming across very right. inappropriate yeah. in this type of relationship. 100%. So there's definitely room for teaching about respect and um, and kindness and patience and appropriateness yeah. and all of those things. And uh, the reason we're bringing this up now is the goal is for you to have this ongoing open relationship with your kids that is respectful but gives them freedom in an appropriate way yeah. to discuss things, even if it challenges what you've taught them. Right. That should be there. So <clears throat> your kid comes up to you, Jeremy, and says, I don't even know if I believe there is a God. Yeah. I just <sighs> just attack them right then, physically, uh, yeah. verbally. No, yep. definitely not. Where do you start? Okay, so where I start is, um, first of all, I want to have a conversation about that. You know what I mean? Instead of just saying, that's lame, that's dumb, what are you thinking? Obviously, there has to be a God. I want to lead them to that concept. Yeah. Um, So uh, I want to help them critically think through this fact that there has to be, at the very beginning, something that created everything else. Every situation, every thing in existence that we know of is an effect of some other cause. Mm-hmm. Every everything that we know of, we can look back and say, this is where that thing came from. Yeah. Um, the puppy that you just bought, without going too deep into uh, biology, we know that puppy came from two other dogs mm-hmm. that created a puppy. The plant growing in your front yard, we understand that that came from a seed that came from another plant. Yeah. Um, so everything that we know of is cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect. Uh, and your kid gets that. <clears throat> and, but we have to acknowledge the fact that there had to be a beginning point when there were none of these effects existed yet. Mm -hmm. There was, where was the first puppy that created the other puppies? Like we understand that dogs create dogs, Mm -hmm. but who created the very first dog? And we have to understand the, the atheistic, really Darwinian, natural evolutionary teaching is everywhere in our culture. It's on everything. It's in all secular education. And so we have to understand and be able to point that out to our kids, whether they're confused about it because they're hearing it from these other sources, no matter what it is, we need to be prepared to 
make sure they are they're aware hey you're going to hear these other beliefs from other people but they're approaching it they're approaching their beliefs with an entirely different worldview they're starting with their worldview that there is no creator and coming to these conclusions based on that worldview but even if um if you want to accept their thoughts on creation they still have to account for what happened at the very beginning. So maybe they believe that the first dog was evolved from some other animal. Mm -hmm. But where did that first animal come from? And maybe they believe that that animal evolved from, uh, I'm I'm oversimplifying, but evolved from a single cell organism. But where did that single cell organism become from? And maybe they want to believe that there was some kind of weird um, goo that was struck by lightning on the earth before it ever began. But where did that goo come from? And Mm -hmm. where did the earth come from? So uh, we cannot, we don't have to wrestle through every aspect of defending against evolution or the big bang Mm -hmm. or any of those things. Okay. If you want to believe in the big bang, where did the things that banged (laughs) come from? Where there has to be at the very beginning there has to be something that was there that was not caused or created. Mm-hmm. This is logic. Like, it's completely impossible to think of it any other way. Something can't come from nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There had to be something there first. Yeah. And that something that was there first had to have within it the ability, the power to create everything else that exists. Mm -hmm. So whether that was space rocks that were just floating around, that were simply always there, or God that the Bible puts forth as the one true God, Mm -hmm. there has to be at the beginning this one great, powerful, uncaused cause, Mm -hmm. uncreated creator. And this is a concept you can walk through with. I literally have walked through this concept with first graders. Mm -hmm. This is logic. This is basic. Um, It's scary that scientists, not all scientists, there are wonderful Christian scientists. There are wonderful theist scientists that believe that there has to be a God. But that scientist would walk away from this obvious logic to try to ignore the fact that there's a God. Right. That's scary. Uh, but So this is a simple, logical process of, uh, hey, there has to be something at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, side note, and I hesitate to say this because it sounds scary. Hopefully I don't get fired. Uh, when you're discussing the creation of God, you can't, with someone who doubts that God exists, if you use the Bible to try to convince them that God exists, um, that is failed logic. That's flawed logic, rather. That is circular reasoning. To take a book that we believe God wrote and try to use it to explain and define the existence of that God for an non-believer it's it's not it doesn't work and even for your kids if you only teach them to believe that there is a god because the bible says there's a god then that may be something that they have to 
wade through as an adult. Mm-hmm. I need to logically believe that there is a creator. Well, even the Bible <clears throat> never tries to argue for the existence of That's God. Right. It just assumes it. It's not, right. it's like... In the beginning, yeah, God. Yeah, it's not, the Bible isn't something, it's not a, the Bible is not declaring and trying to convince us. It's like, no, this is it. And ultimately, we're going to have these there's resources and it's good to know um, logic and be able to explain, but also, especially within Christianity, it's going to require faith to believe God, to put your faith in him, uh, that he sent Jesus Christ uh, to die a perfect life, that he came, he lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead. Yes, there is so much evidence that that literally happened, but you cannot separate it from faith. Right. Faith is a part of being a believer. So, we have to understand and kind of hold those two in the balance of it's going to require faith, but there's also very clear evidence. Romans 1 shows us, look around and see uh, that we are we are products and our world is a product of an, intel- of an intelligent designer, of a creator who made everything we see. There's no... There's no real logical reason to believe that there's not something at the beginning that mm-hmm. created. Um, so this is the the first step in the discussion about religion. I want to make sure you believe that there is a God. Um, there's room for, hey, I, uh, not room for, there's a necessity for Jesus is the only way to uh, eternal life. Jesus is the only Savior. But be careful jumping straight to that. Mm-hmm. If we haven't nailed down the fact that there must be an uncreated creator, then we're getting the cart ahead of the horse. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the truth is, uh, it's, it is within us to not want to believe that there's a power higher than us mm-hmm. that we have to submit to. Um, that's our natural sin nature just revealing itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the, whole, that's the whole process. If I only have to believe that there's just um, unintelligent atoms that, and single-cell organisms that everything was created from, I don't have to follow them. I don't mm-hmm. have to obey them. I can, I can be the, the number one most powerful, most important being in my creation. Um, so it's more comfortable maybe and easier. It's also, um, maybe more comfortable and easier just not to think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, there's so much else in our world to draw our attention. There's probably a lot of people that are just out there and, uh, technically this would be maybe an agnostic when they would just say, I just don't even know, but I don't want to do the the work of sorting through this. Right. Um, We don't want to leave our kids there. Mm -hmm. We don't want to just abandon them and leave them in this, this state of, Hey, I just won't think about religious things. Mm -hmm. And so we've, we've kind of unpacked, Hey, yeah, like let's look at the logic of where, you know, everything has to come from someone. But I would also say it's important. I, I believe we've already mentioned this. It's important to say that we Ask them, how have you come to that conclusion? How, like, when you're saying you don't believe that there is a God, what led you to this? 
because I think that that is a big sign. Okay, here's what it is. It may be, man, well, why would, if God's real, why would he have let this pain happen? That's right. usually number one what people yeah, go to. Yeah. How could a, if God is real, then why would, why would there be all these wars and disease right. and sickness yeah. and stuff like that? And so then that, okay, great. Then, then let's talk about the existence yeah. of what brought evil and pain and suffering into this world. And the Bible is very clear on that. Yeah. But so if you jump straight to that yeah. without, I think it's healthy and appropriate for us to lock in that whether we agree with this God whether we understand what he has to teach, let's begin with, oh, he must exist. Yes. And then, uh, and I think maybe we'll talk about this in our next episode, then we can say, if there is a God, is the God of the Bible the true God? And then if the God of the Bible is the true God, and the Bible's true, okay, now let's look and see what the Bible teaches about suffering. Right. You know? Um, but don't let them get away with, I don't know if God exists because there's suffering in the world. You there, there still has to be a God. Yeah, that <laughs> the, change that. Yeah, yeah, those two facts can both exist at the same time. They're mm-hmm. not mutually ex- exclusive. I don't know if God exists because of whatever other. And you're right. That's probably one of the number one. If there's a God, why would He allow this to happen? And and maybe we need an episode where you can explain to me right. the answer it's to not, the problem of evil. It's not this scientific proof no. that God doesn't no. exist. There is none of that. And and just because you don't want to believe that a God exists, because if he could, why would he do this or whatever other reason, it doesn't rema- remove the fact that the existence of God is necessary. Mm-hmm. Without God, it doesn't make sense that there is any existence at all. Yeah. You know, so don't let, in their mind, don't let those things get confused. Right. So... They're, your kids coming to you no matter what age they are. Obviously, we're going to handle this different with a 10-year-old than we would a 30-year-old. So there's going to be different ways we approach this. But I think open that door. First of all, say, hey, it's not like having doubt is normal. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Thanks for coming to me. Let, let's examine this together. Let's sit down where, yes, you are wanting to hear from them what brought them to that conclusion, but then you have the door open for you to point them to Scripture. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just thought about this while I was listening to the student pastor at my church talk. Um, Lit. He's pretty great. Uh, When this happens, do not, do not, do not say, what are you talking about? You were baptized when you were eight. Yes. We already been through this. I don't know what's going on at that school. What are they teaching you? Ah, yeah. Stop. Take a breath. Yes. And talk through this with your kid. If God is revealing their lostness, yes, that's awesome. Please, that's yes. You know, don't try to argue them into uh, submission and, okay, I, I retreat. I'll, let's stop talking about this. You're right. I got baptized when I was eight. Everything's fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just because they made a profession, we've already, we just talked about this, just because they made a profession as a kid, that does not necessarily mean, yes, they are, they are a follower of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And we don't know what's going on in their hearts. We don't say, hey... You shouldn't struggle with this because I know that you did this. I know you believe. No, we don't. We don't know what's going on in their head. At the same time, every doubt isn't necessarily proof that of their lostness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what we do know 
uh, Pastor Cameron, this is one of his go-to lines, our boss, Pastor Cameron. What we do know is God's at work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this isn't all on us. Right. And the Holy Spirit is more concerned with our kids' eternity, eternal salvation, uh, eternal state than we are, Mm -hmm. and more capable of dealing with this situation than us. And we can trust him with these things. And we just need to be on board and doing our part. Yeah. Well, I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to Beyond a Parent. Remember, parenting is beyond us, but in Christ, we have all that we need for this journey. Hey, this was fun. Thanks, guys. Peace. Peace.